What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of reals always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Davins. Amanda, there was just some great celebrity happenings this weekend that I'm excited to dig, dig into with you. I, I am excited about them and also uh, specifically about the outcome of the game at which some of the celebrities were cited because that's just good for my personal life. Yeah, so let's just, let's just get straight into it. The Eagles won. And America won because Bradley Cooper was in the owner's box with an unknown friend. I couldn't, I couldn't find his name. I looked hard. They both were wearing Eagles jackets. Mm -hmm. Bradley Cooper, as I said on our group text, struck me as looking very figure skater-esque. I don't even know what projects he's between. Like, is he done being Leonard Bernstein? Like, what's going on with him? But Bradley Cooper, if there's a Philly sports moment, he is present. And he was. He, the jacket I'd like to talk more about. Uh, Please. It was sort of, it was very shiny. That's like, I don't know what to end. It looked like he's been holding on to it since he was like in middle school. I was going to say, had a vintage quality to it. And that plus his hairstyle. To answer your question, I think he's in post on Maestro, which is the biopic of uh, Leonard Bernstein. It was supposed to come out this year, but it hasn't been dated. I don't know. Maybe he's just like working through his Mahler some more. (laughs) And... His hair, I don't know whether it's like leftover from Maestro because he was doing a lot of makeup and prosthetics for Maestro. Did you see any of those set photos? I did, yeah. It's a, it's a separate conversation. I, I, I don't know. I will say, A Star is Born was really good. So let's not doubt him. Oh, I'm not doubting his, his filmmaking chops. No, anyway, I would never. Anyway, some long hair parted unusually, plus the vintage Eagles jacket did remind me of a classic photo 
of Princess Diana also wearing a Philadelphia Eagles jacket, which is a real thing that happened. I think, you know, I sent it to our text thread and didn't get a response. I didn't Photoshop that. That's a real thing that happened. His his companion in the box, who was not the owner of the team, was wearing almost the exact same jacket jacket. as Diana. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... There was heavy Diana vibes coming from the box. Right. But since they were both wearing vintage jackets, standing next to each other in the box, I did wonder, like, were they styled by someone in Mm. vintage Eagles jackets? You know, did, like, someone do an Etsy, like, call in and find the jackets and put them together in them? (sighs) Well, this begs a question. Yes. How much of Bradley Cooper's public life as a celebrity is performance art. Like, is he performing when he's in the box or is that Bradley Cooper? I I mean, at this point, it's a blurred line. You know, I think what he's been performing has become also Bradley Cooper. (laughs) Like, I, I, I do think that he loves the Philadelphia Eagles because Bradley Cooper uh, grew up in Philadelphia and still lives there part time, as far as I know, with his mother. Right. And has been a, which, okay. Does he really? That's a thing where that I seems sort of manufactured. I don't know if he is right now, but he, I think like in, in the lot within the last 15 years, he was doing okay. that. Yes. Okay. He has kept up his associations with the city of Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Eagles for including like doing many like voiceovers for those like pump up videos that they mm-hmm. play before games, which like, I, if you're sensing some fatigue in my voice, I am married to someone who is possibly more into the Philadelphia Eagles than Bradley Cooper is and would gladly do these voiceover videos if he were ever asked. And, you know, also if he were a movie star. So I live with the Eagles. I live with this content. Sure. I, I I can tell you that I believe that people from Philadelphia who care about the Eagles really do care this much. Sure, but that's that's not my question. As it relates yeah. to the jacket, yeah, is he performing Bradley Cooper Loves the Eagles or is this just a man who loves the Eagles? Can it be both is what I'm saying? Like at some <laughs> point, doesn't his his original love and also his belief as an actor that life is performance, you know, mm. they come together and he's I, like, I, I'm here and I'm psyched, but also you want me to wear this cool jacket? No problem. I haven't. I haven't fully formed this thesis, but I think that something really took a turn around the Renee Zellweger era where the photos of them felt so staged that I feel like there was a new type of Bradley Cooper we saw in photos and on in, in like alleged like news hits that was very different than we were getting before that era. And what, are, what is different mean? What are you trying to signal? I, just, I, I think it's more, more orchestrated, like more okay, like yeah, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk to my stylist about what to wear to this Eagles game because I know I'll be on TV and I'm in the owner's box. I'll be looking for me. Yeah, totally. I absolutely think the jackets were called. And even he is like a regular paparazzi feature at this point. And part of that is because he spends a lot of time in New York because he shares custody of his daughter with Arena Shake. And so like on New York, it is easier to be photographed by paparazzi, but also like people. I think he's photographed in LA all the time too. Yeah. He's just photographed a lot. He's photographed a lot. He seems aware of it. Yeah. You know, it seems like he's often styled or intentional. I I agree with you, but I don't, is that a bad thing? 
No, I think in some ways it's smart. It probably allows him to have an actual private life because yeah. he's performing privacy when that's actually public, which is kind yeah. of interesting. I mean, he's just like, a, I think, a complex figure. I felt his hair was giving my so-called life Jared Catalano okay. vibes, which also fits the jacket, same time period of the early 90s. Jordan Catalano had a more pronounced part and his hair was longer, but it felt similar to me. Just okay. that kind of mid-90s. I don't know. That's that's how I felt. May we discuss some of the other celebrities that were there? Yes, please tell me, actually, because I had to take a break during the game. Okay. So the, this is the, information via Instagram. So uh, it wasn't even oh, on TV. Okay. Well, don't, I, yeah, don't I worry. didn't see it. I'm sorry. I just like, I, at some point I had to go to a birthday party and then I had to Sheesh. take a nap to recover Duty from calls. the birthday party. Yeah. Well, you know. Was it a child's pers- birthday? Yeah, it was. Oh, so there was a lot of energy. Yes. And a lot of applesauce, which wound up all over me. And then, some, and then some cake, which I ate. I'm I also always, love cake. I'm always the only parent at kids' birthday parties eating cake. And I want to know insane. what that's about. Seriously, everyone, start living. Why are we going to a birthday party if we're not eating cake? Like, what the fuck? So what you're saying is, let them eat cake. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway. So I think Bradley Cooper's title as, like, famous Philly sports fan in chief is being challenged by Rob McElhenney, who, now that he's had, like, some sports success with the Welcome to Wrexham show and the Wrexham team is like doing better. Why don't you give like a one line summary of that for people who aren't logged on to the Ryan Reynolds, (laughs) Rob McElhenney, Philadelphia sports universe. Rob McElhenney is the creator of the very popular television show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. So he has staked his claim on being a famous Philadelphian. This television show is somehow still on still making new episodes. He's ridiculously wealthy. I would call him like, I would say his vibe is, as seen in the television show, Welcome to Wrexham, more on that in a second, is like Mark Wahlberg with fewer retail endeavors and more film (laughs) endeavors. Rob McElhenney is a famous Philadelphian who made Is Always Sunny in Philadelphia, who had a best friendship only online with Ryan Reynolds. And they decided during COVID to buy a Welsh soccer team that's based in Wrexham. It's Wrexham, AFC Wrexham, I believe. Uh, They made a television show about it. It's basically like kind of like Ted Lasso IRL, but being an owner instead of a manager. It's kind of charming until you just think about how it's like completely spawn con for their soccer club, which is working because now they're sponsored by TikTok and they're like probably moving into a different tier. So great job. But anyway, Rob McElhenney through all of this has taken his love. He... Took his love of the Philadelphia Eagles, which was met its apex when the Eagles won the Super Bowl a few years ago, 2018, I believe. And he brought that energy and enthusiasm to Wrexham. And now he's just like famous sports fan who makes TV. And he also has a podcast that's really popular, also about It's Always Sunny. And he also has the show on Apple TV Plus. He's really successful. Like that's mm-hmm. also Mark Wahlberg like about him. Right. Also short and works out a lot. Also like it's, Mark Wahlberg. Okay. I, I can't go on any longer. <laughs> You've compared him to Mark Wahlberg several times in his lifestyle. Does this mean that he's like waking up at 2.30 and like working out? No, at I, think he's more, I think he's more normal, but I think he is like really intense and rigid, like the way okay. that many successful people like Mark Wahlberg are. Okay. It's just the heaviest of Mark Wahlberg vibes. I've never seen anything else like it. I mean, and I say this as obviously someone who loves the television show Wall Street on HBO Max. Yes. So. I, I watched an episode of Wall Street because you asked me to. So <laughs> never doubt my friendship and commitment to you. Anyway, anyway, Rob McElhenney was there. He was in the stands. He was not in a box, which I feel like is a real flex of like, I'm 
the real Philadelphian and you're just Bradley Cooper. And he was there with the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers, Daryl Morey, who is a friend of the ringer. Yes. Also, then the 76ers without their GM were in a box, the players, and they were with Michael Rubin, who is the CEO of the very popular sports company, sports apparel company, Fanatics, former owner of the 76ers, very involved with Meek Mill's exoneration and whatnot. Also, Kevin Hart was there and Little Baby. And they were there with Joel Embiid and many of the other Sixers. And, you know, it was a real like Philly sports moment to wear like your best Philly gear and puffy coat. And I got to say, it's one of my favorite kinds of celebrity moments. I love it. Well, get ready for two more weeks of it because uh, my family is pleased to announce that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. So it's just going to be a lot of people like wearing trash bags as an, as apparel being psyched to be from Philly. Philly at the center of culture is beautiful and also like a little terrifying. Said it's someone who is married into the Philadelphia experience. So Bradley Cooper in Arizona. It's just mm-hmm. not a it's just not a match for me. Like I don't see I don't okay. see Bradley Cooper thriving in Glendale. I have <laughs> to assume he'll be attending the big game. I think that's just a fly in and out just for the game situation. Like what's Bradley Cooper's logistical plan for attending the Super Bowl? Don't you think that there's a party or two that he's committed to in some sort of sponsorship or a promo way? I mean, interesting. Super Bowl weekend has sort of become it's more of a corporate event than anything else. Yeah, and fo- one football game, exactly. Many corporate events. So I would assume I, I don't know what the event would be, but that someone wants Bradley there as a representative for the Eagles and the city of Philadelphia, uh, shaking hands and being excited and, and saying water. Uh, is you know, is your husband going to the Super Bowl? No, he's not because it's too intense an emotional experience for him to like travel and be around people. Yeah, I get that. You need to be able to like lock yourself in a bathroom and cry if they lose or something. Or throw up if they win as he did last time. Um, (laughs) So at like at like 745 p.m., by the way, because the Super Bowl starts so early in Los Angeles and it just like it's energy started high early and ended high early as well. I don't think anything will feel as good as beating the Patriots. So just there's that. But okay, well, just it's it's going to be an emotional roller coaster in this house. All right. Well, good luck to your household and to Bradley Thank Cooper you. and Rob McElhenney. So yeah. I, I wish them the best. <laughs> Shall we move on? Sorry, just yes. one blast on Bradley Cooper. Okay. What's the first thing you ever remember seeing him in? For I'll uh, just tell you while you rack your brain. For me, it's the WB television show from Greg Berlanti starring Christine Lottie, Jack and Bobby. So okay. it's so weird to me that he is now Bradley Cooper of of everything that we now know him to be. Like, it's so wild. He just really came so far. My mom used to send me VHS tapes of Jack and Bobby to watch in college. Wow. How many seasons did Jack and Bobby last? One. Was it he about was the Kennedys? It. it was about brothers who one died, and you didn't know who, and the other went on to be a senator. So it was like inspired by the Kennedys, but no. Okay. Was it done tastefully? Yeah, it was pretty good. Okay. I think that the first thing I ever remember seeing, like understanding Bradley Cooper as Bradley Cooper was obviously Wedding Crashers. But Mm. then I was rewatching Sex in the City as one does and did recognize Bradley Cooper on an early episode of Sex in the City. But I think I only would have recognized him 
had I known because who he was from other right like playing the, gr- the great sack lodge in yes. Wedding Crashers. Great movie. Exactly. All right, let's move on. Okay. Not only was it a big weekend for Bradley Cooper, it was a very big weekend for Jennifer Lopez. Sure Amanda, would you like to detail what happened for Jennifer Lopez over just, the championship uh, weekend, champ- a, conference championship weekend? A tremendous confluence of of art and life and social media postings. So the, <laughs> the, the, the number one thing is that on Friday, Shotgun Wedding, the much delayed and troubled production... <laughs> Finally made its debut on Amazon Prime. And I, Amanda Dobbins, your faithful correspondent, watched the entirety of Shotgun Wedding. I have to be honest, I didn't have a bad time. I laughed at like a lot of the jokes throughout the wedding, throughout I the Shotgun yet, Wedding. I have to watch it, but you can be sure I will. I absolutely yeah. will. I promise. Yeah. So are you, you've seen the trailer. You're aware of, of course, the premise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Jennifer Lopez is marrying Josh Duhamel. I think it's, I thought it was Dumel these days. Dumel? Okay. Josh Dumel. Dumel, who replaced Army Hammer, I right. think, for the benefit of, of everyone involved. Yes. And if I recall correctly, this film was shot at the very beginning of COVID. I I looked, and I believe it was 2021. I oh, believe- so it got pushed back after yes. the, after. After yes. Army Hammer was replaced, and, okay. And, and if I got if I have my timeline right, I believe that Jennifer Lopez was on location filming Shotgun Wedding when she received the emails from, from ben. ben Affleck wow. that led to their reunion and the blend, eventual the blended marriage. Family we now know. Yes, it's very beautiful. So anyway, I think that Josh Dumel could cool it on the on some of his son exposure. That's what I mm. would say. And otherwise, I I laughed at a lot of the jokes. It is like, you know, action movie meets a wedding rom-com. So that I liked the fact that it, I could jump back to the wedding jokes like every 10 minutes as opposed uh-huh. to just having to follow an action rom-com. It reminded me a bit of Lost City, which was the... I was Sandra just going to ask that. Channing it sounded Tatum, like it. I mean, there Brad is Pitt like cameo. a cameo. Exactly. Extend cameo. There is like an element of um, homage to uh, to Romancing the Stone, which is an 80s classic if you haven't seen it in all of these. But at some point, if it tips to adventure and not enough, you know, jo- jokes and scenes for Amanda, I like I, I check out a bit. So this kept coming back to the wedding. Uh, what I found to be very entertaining performance from Jennifer Coolidge as the mother-in-law. Oh. I am not really on the White Lotus train, by which I mean I am not at all on the White Lotus train, so I am not overexposed to Jennifer Coolidge. So I feel that people might feel this is like White Lotus mega light, oh. if you will. And I hear that, but... Are there sex workers? I don't think so. Hmm. Though, listen, I, I second screened a bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a cinematic masterpiece. There's like, there are some zipline stunts that it was like, you know your like nephew made this with his iPhone, like on a green screen. It's fine. I I had a decent time. And I will also say that uh, as always, Jennifer Lopez looks absolutely extraordinary. And she's incredible. I, she inspired me to do a strength training workout after I watched this. Oh. this movie. Wow. That's great. <laughs> I got up the 10 pound weights, you know, <laughs> I'm building back better. That's great. Thanks so much. So she looks very good. I also, I don't want to be like too navel gazy here, but one of the premises, the setups of the film is that 
Jennifer Lopez just wanted to elope and Josh Dumel is a groomzilla and insisted on having this perfect wedding and they have a fight about it. And he's like, I'm calling all of the vendors and dealing with all of this and you're not. And I was like, my husband, Zach Barron, did write a Groomzilla piece <laughs> in GQ that like referenced the fight over the vendors. So I, I don't know. We're not seeing any royalties from that. And I think like the copyright laws aren't broad enough. You know, I think it was probably more a point of inspiration than like a, a, a something that we can take up legally. But I, I saw myself in this character and in this movie. <laughs> I'm really happy for you. Thank you. Do you think that the release of Shotgun Wedding distracted her from Mark Anthony's fourth wedding to his new wife? <laughs> Who's a 23-year-old Miss U- former Miss Universe contestant? You Here's know, there's my- a lot of drama with Miss Universe, by the way. I kind of saw it and then I unsubscribed. Okay. So I actually don't know what any of the Miss Universe drama is. It's fine. Carry on. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, what I would ask to. you, I'd like to answer your question with a question, Juliet, which is, do you think that Mark Anthony scheduled his fourth wedding on the weekend of the shotgun wedding release? Yes. Okay. I do too. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that Jennifer Lopez has made it pretty clear through what she has not said about Mark Anthony that she does not think highly of him and that they do not have a cordial relationship. So based on that, I think it is very contentious. And yes, I think that he did this intentionally 100%. Uh, I think also so that the Beckhams, David and Victoria, were featured prominently at the wedding. I believe that Victoria Beckham designed all of the bridesmaids' dresses. The other person who's like loves to adopt the Victoria Beckham fashion brand is Meghan Markle. So I just don't know about this. Well, it just really felt like there was, they really put the Beckhams like front and center as like a, we too have a celebrity event here, <laughs> which then leads me to part three of Jennifer Lopez's wedding. I did feel that Jennifer Lopez posting enthusiastically about her Saturday night at a dinner for Anastasia's brow experience. I think it's Anastasia's Beverly Hills is the official name. Anniversary dinner with Oprah and Kim Kardashian. I felt that that was in a response to Mark Anthony's wedding being the same night. And and also a bonus promo experience. Sure. I I have a couple things here. First of all, can we go back to the Miami situation for a minute? Sure, 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 sure. The Beckhams have really like conquered Miami. Like David Beckham has bought a soccer team there. They, that's like, they seem to be there more than Los Angeles these days. It's sort of like the, the, the crypto tech bro era of Miami has faded now that like, you know, COVID has, has waned. And it just feels like it's like the, the Beckhams are like, I don't know. It's like Courtney and Chloe take Miami or whatever it was. It's like David and it's like Posh and Bex take Miami time, I guess power to them. But like, It's just sort of weird. It also really tracks, though, because I do think that Miami is sort of like the American Riviera and all that entails. So I mean, I can't say I'm completely surprised. Plus, the other the other new generation, right? Plus, you know, Jared and Ivanka Trump and and Tom and Giselle's like warring mansions. Sure, kind of. That's in Tampa. Oh, I thought they also have warring mansions in Miami. I I thought so. I mean, they definitely bought a giant place pre-divorce. Who who can say? Just fair. It's all gauche, but yeah, not not ideal. As for the brow event in Beverly Hills, now I understand that Oprah and Kim K are there. I get it. And I also think brow maintenance is very important. Is that that the event that 
is really going to like stick it to Mark Anthony. I mean, I was sort of surprised that Oprah, Kim K, and JLo were all there, as I believe were Jessica Alba, Sofia Vergara. You know, it was a yeah, a who's pretty, who of the beauty scene, a pretty who's who event for like a brand anniversary dinner, right? You know, well, they must have all been paid to attend. I guess so. But it was also like they presented Oprah with a birthday cake because it was her birthday over the weekend as well. Happy birthday, Oprah. I, you know, I'm That's great. I, I continue to be a fan. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I was like, wow, you guys all really showed out for, for, for the brow woman's 25th anniversary. She must do a really good job. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, brows are important. Great, great note. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Let's move on. There was a lot of aggregated content about Lauren Sanchez, who is dating Jeff Bezos. She's Love You Alive girl. And time out, time out right there before we go any further, because okay. you put this in our in our rundown doc. I said, yes, absolutely. And then obviously my first thought was Love You Alive girl, right? It's we'll sure. follow her for the rest of her life. And then I was like, do I have to feel bad about that? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about the aggregation of this story. So okay. 
a lot of the pieces like in like page six and elsewhere that you may have seen about Lauren Sanchez in the last few weeks all come from this Wall Street Journal Q&A with her, which is which is noteworthy to me because I didn't realize it was going to be a Q&A after I had spent like five minutes reading the intro essay. And I was Thank like, you. wait, there's more? <laughs> Thank you so much. Let's dive. Let's dive into that for a minute. OK, so this is a piece that is half profile and half Q&A written by Derek Blasberg, who you may know as the guy friend of the socialite every socialite and or famous person's Instagram. He's just like always running. He's kind of worked for all of the tech companies at this point. As he's like also like their totally, fashion guy. He's a staple of yacht season. Like he's yeah. just like around. I mean, he's, it's like ridiculous. He, he's running like the Fosters and also like Carly Kloss. Like he's just, he's, he's in the socialite scene. He was a consultant on succession. Somehow, right. which I, I mean, I guess he does uh, travel with a lot of rich people a lot of the time. He's so a, he's one of a dying breed like this kind of guy. Re- there's not many of them left and he's really right. holding on and making making the most of it. So, yes, he right. wrote this piece, but, which I also found shocking. <laughs> but I, I but I do think it being Derek Blasberg, who Lauren Sanchez agrees to speak to for the first time for the Wall Street Journal. Agrees to? Well, OK, I, 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 I do think she spoke to him. Yes. But I, but I think they make a to-do in the piece about this being the first time she's ever pu- spoken publicly since she um, got together with Jeff Bezos. So I I think his affiliation and her aspirations, I, I think it's significant. The I'm byline sure, I, I is think, significant. I think they've met on a yacht. I think I actually remember yeah. them on a yacht together a couple of years ago. Right. But, okay, so... so I had the similar. I had a similar thought. I was like, I'm not going to underestimate Lauren Sanchez. I'm going to take this piece at face value and give her the benefit of the doubt as I read it. And I was really struggling to understand why I was reading about Lauren Sanchez right now. I was just like, what is the point of this article? Like, what is she promoting? What is she trying to tell us? And I, I, I mean, I have an answer for you, but they positioned it in a certain way. But like, what the Lauren Sanchez project is right now. I can't say that I, I feel I've been doing her a grave injustice these last few years. No. So I want to, I, I agree with you. Because a lot of the aggregated pieces were like, Lauren Sanchez was forced to to like weigh in when she was a flight attendant and other right. sort of like, that was like the main piece that was pulled out of this really lengthy profile slash Q&A. And I did learn a lot about Lauren Sanchez. I'll tell you that. But I still was like, there's sort of no point to this. <laughs> so... It's weird. I mean, it seemed like she had a few, you know, pet projects that she wanted to quote launch, whether it's her all women space flight, which is apparently a thing that's happening. Thanks to yes. thanks to Jeff or there. She won't say the other four who on it, who are on it. Right. Yet. Or they're like civility fund and her role in their civility fund, which like. I, and she's a production company trying to bring yeah. awareness to climate change. She's doing a lot of noble projects. And also, I felt the piece tried to make it clear that she was always aware that Jeff Bezos planned to give away most of his wealth. So she was not in it for the money. Yeah. So she's trying to position, she's trying to launch, I feel like, the next phase of her public life, which is like. As a philanthropist, as a philanthropist, and as a partner with Jeff Bezos in his philanthropy, which they're like doing it together. So I felt this was launching, like her as an you know, a co-pilot, pun intended, and also as like the, you know, 
laying forth her philanthropic agenda. And so she wanted to do it in public and also, you know, wants to be received a certain way in relationship to Jeff Bezos and like be seen in the types of circles where you would be profiled by Derek Blasberg in the Wall Street Journal, I guess. I mean, like, I guess that's why I, I, I'm still stuck on. Did they agree to a Q&A only and then the Wall Street Journal just as an intro wrote like 2000 words or did they feel that the Q like had well, this happen this way? The profile was actually pretty repetitive of yes. the Q&A. And so I I wonder if like she had she had agreed to a Q&A but then the Wall Street Journal was like we need more to fill because I think it's in the WSJ magazine. So right. maybe they needed needed more inches or they were expecting more. But the other piece of this to me was conspicuously not in the Washington Post or like the Washington Post right. Sunday magazine since he, as they noted, owns the Washington Post. For now, it's rumored to be for sale. Right. But I just found, you know, she seems nice. I do think the way that she was like reintroduced to the national and international media outside of LA probably sucks for her when she, you know, has a lot of aspirations. But I didn't think this was like a particularly like crafty, like well handled or like craftily positioned piece. And I don't understand these celebrities and their fucking obsession with helicopters. Like helicopters are not safe. And she is a pilot and Jeff Bezos was in a helicopter accident. And he's like only now coming back around to flying them because of her. But it's just, I don't know. Like, I just found this whole thing, like, just kind of, like, funny, but also weird. I don't, I don't know. I I do think that, like, she seems like a relatively nice person. So, I, I don't know. I have no, nothing against her. But the whole thing was just such a charade. And the, and the Wall Street Journal of it all, so bizarre. I, I also thought it was entirely bizarre. I assumed that the Wall Street Journal thing was just because that's what rich people, like, read and take seriously. I, uh-huh. Like, I, I genuinely, that's what I thought that it was. And so it gets her the audience that she wants to be taken seriously in the way that she wants to be, which, like, whatever. I agree with you on the helicopter stuff. And I forgot to mention the plot of her um, children's book, which is one oh, of yeah, the things that she's, why she's doing this. Flynn yeah. the fly who flew. The <laughs> plot line landed literally in front of her. I was in the helicopter and there was a fly. She says, I was like, oh, my gosh, look, a fly who flew. This is such a great children's book. Except now it's a rocket in the book because I guess she's also, you know, brand synergy, as they say, <laughs> in terms of promoting the space flight. I don't I don't know. I, I, I It was silly. It was silly. And I probably ethically still should feel a little bad about a live girl because that was like a deep invasion of privacy, you know, and 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 blackmail and whatnot. And that was bad. But also, I don't know. Here we are. It's It's hilarious. Yeah. I just want to say, I did a quick search of Jeff Bezos, Derek Blasberg, and Jeff Bezos attended Derek Blasberg's 40th birthday back in May. It was at the Chelsea Hotel. Also there, Anne Hathaway, Naomi Campbell, Chloe Sevigny, Amy Schumer, Carly Kloss, Huma Abedin, Justin Theroux, and more. And at the time, Derek Blasberg, I never knew this. He was the head of fashion and beauty at YouTube. So he's, he's a renaissance man. I, he's no longer the head of fashion and beauty at YouTube, just in case you were wondering. Now he's just something for the Gugosian gallery. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's all a different version of fashion and beauty. It's, a, it's just, a, it's a classic wish them well situation. It's inexplicable. All right, let's move on. Another like, just kind of floating around out there is, you yeah. may have heard about Andrea Riseborough. Amanda, who's Andrea Riseborough? Um, 
She's a, a British actor who is nominated uh, for her performance in the film To Leslie. I've never heard some, of that. To some controversy. Yes. Well, I've, I heard, had, I've heard about the controversy, but I didn't know the name of the movie actually until this morning when I was reading about this in Matt Bellany's Puck newsletter. Yes. And so I recommend Matt Bellany's Puck newsletter all of the time, but especially he is like on the front lines reporting on this Oscar controversy, okay? Like, if you need to know something, or if you do know something, it's from Matt Bellamy. And check so, out The Town, his podcast, on the Ringer Podcast Network. So basically, here's what happened. Sometime in late December and early January, maybe even early January, all of these celebrities started posting about this movie that, I'll just speak for myself, that I, Amanda Dobbins, a person who co-hosts a, a a podcast about film and also follows the awards season very closely, had never heard of. <laughs> I learned about Two Leslie from Gwyneth Paltrow's Instagram. Gwyneth Paltrow hosted a screening and then posted some, frankly, like blurry, unprofessional photographs of her hugging Demi Moore and some other people. And it said that Two Leslie was beautiful and Andrea Riseborough deserves every award ever. And I was like, I don't know what that is or what you're talking about. (laughs) And I moved on with my life. And then two or something weeks later, the the post kept happening, but it was a real kind of what internet are you on test? Like, I obviously learned about it from Gwyneth Paltrow's Instagram. Sean Fennessy, uh, my co-host on The Big Picture, learned about it from Edward Norton's Twitter account, you know, because he's just <laughs> living in a different place. And everyone was kind of seeing it. But all of these actors were posting what were like clearly like favor to a friend's posts about this like s- incredibly like searing visionary performance in a in a very small indie film that no one had ever heard of. And it like kind of became a joke on its own, except then it worked because Andrea Riseborough was nominated for an Oscar for this movie that, again, like very few people have seen. So then it became a controversy. Was a- sorry, can I ask a question? Do people yeah. just vote for her based on like, oh, I saw a tweet or like, did people go and see the movie? I am th- guessing it's the former. I mean, we mm. don't know how many we don't know. We haven't spoken with the voters because it became so silly all of a sudden uh, that I think people are like kind of sheepish and it became a controversy and did they break rules and all this sorts of stuff. But I'm just guessing that a lot of people were like, oh, sure. Like, I need one more to write in. I'll just write in Andrea Riseborough. Like, everyone said it was great. Maybe two. There was also something, I can't remember who broke down. I want to say it was Pete Hammond from Deadline, but the numbers were such that like only 200, I think, people had to vote for her for her to get a nomination. Mm. So maybe 200 people saw it. I don't know that that many more people than 200 saw it, but it was enough. So Matt Bellany has been doing a lot of great reporting about how this happened, which is basically that Two Leslie was directed by Michael Morris, his wife, Mary McCormick, who you might recognize, a longtime actor, just called in literally every single friend that she's ever had in a in a long career of working in Hollywood and like begged them to post about the movie and like a lot of people did and this is you know does this break the academy's like oscar rules is i don't i don't really care do you care are you interested in that you know i just don't think the academy is credible so like i don't yeah. really care so no, like 
I no, I don't. I guess like I I care about the Oscars as like a as like a you know like caring about the Super Bowl. It's similar. Yeah. Although, you know, who has less credibility, the Academy and the NFL? It's like I don't know. It's, ask me. It depends on the day of the week. But I don't really care. But I do feel bad for like the people who work really hard on movies who just sort of got screwed over by the cronyism of this. Like I just because some people do care, right? Yes. And it is also I think it's like a fascinating and sort of amusing celebrity network behind the scenes nepotism type thing, you know, and it's like who posted about it is very funny and who gets taken seriously is both very funny. And then also there has been a narrative that I, that I, that is very true and not as funny, which is Andrea Riseborough did get nominated Two people who were favored to be nominated and were not were Viola Davis and Daniel Deadweiler two black actors who gave wonderful performances and who are, possibly not in like the same influence network that Andrea Riseborough was. And so what these, you know, it, when it's just like, Oh, rich people are stupid. Like that's kind of funny. And then when you actually think about how these influence networks play out, it's not funny and says a lot about Hollywood and also the world that we live in. But I just, I continue to be really amused by the idea of someone like looking at Gwyneth Paltrow's Instagram, like I did and being like, yes, sure. Academy Award. Why not? It's like, like that's, kind of pathetic. That's funny. It's yeah. also it's funny, but it's also pathetic. It's just like think for yourself. Well, it's just also like it just to do that. I think to be influenced that way, you're just like looking at Instagram and the internet like very differently than I am, and right. also like are you're taking you, it seriously or well, like you just in, like, cre- in like a credulous way. Like, have you never interacted with SponCon before? You know, like, no, I'm serious. Like, if you look at that post and don't immediately think like, oh, this is like some sort of back scratching, you know, it, SponCon, someone got something free and now has to post about it on the internet type thing. Like, then, I, I don't know. We we haven't been on the same internet. I was so, my reaction to it was so like, oh, lol, okay, that I didn't even, I f- didn't even file it away long term. It, it's like the way that my brain responds to ads on sure. Instagram. You know, I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't have to take that seriously. But I guess other people don't interact with SponCon that way. I don't know. It's just sort of depressing, but I don't know. I don't wish her well. Have you seen Tar? No. Okay. Will I you will. watch Tar? Yes, I will eventually. Okay. I'm going slowly through movies in a very bizarre fashion. I'm trying to think if I've watched anything relevant lately to you. I'm just really in a deep hole of like British procedurals at the moment. Oh, we we have to see Top Gun when you're here. I forgot about okay. that. You sure. want to still do it? Okay. Yes, I'd love to. Okay, great. Let's move on. Okay. Next. I just wanted to do a quick check on on some of 2022's most discussed celebrities. Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde were seen embracing this past weekend per TMZ. Seems like there's a little bit more civility going on between those two. And you know, I'm just really happy to see it. I'm happy. Yeah. Who who wants to have an uncivil relationship with your ex when you have children together? So I'm yeah. just really happy for all for like everyone involved in that whole world. So that's great news. Also, shout out to them for being adults who can reconcile at least for a day. That's great. Yeah, I all of the nanny stuff got increasingly... I, I always thought it was ugly, but it just felt you know, invasive. I wonder I wonder if the nanny was their death of the queen, which didn't come to pass, where I was like hoping that that Harry and Will would reconcile the death of the queen, like Chris yeah. is bringing them together. Maybe this like just, you know, completely deplorable nanny helped them rally together to, to find a common cause and protect yeah. their children. I hope. 
Meanwhile, so I wanted to mention that. And then on the other hand, I wonder if this is related, but Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde broke up. He's like very loosely rumored to be back with like someone from his childhood, which like, who knows if that's true. I doubt it because I don't think he dates women his own age, but no shade by the way, just a fact. But then he also was late but announced to be performing at the Grammys this coming weekend. And I'm just like, does he just have like a lot of time available all of a sudden? Like, what's going on? That's not a paying gig, as far as I know. I, I, but maybe it's good promo. I'm not, I, I, I don't really Does he know. need it? He's like doing a residency at Madison Square Garden and the Forum. I think he's good. I guess so. But, you know, I, maybe he needs a wider audience. How much can, how much can a residency at Madison Square Garden pay? It's not like Vegas, right? I think a lot. I mean, it's, I think it's shorter than at Vegas, but I don't right. know. We, can we ask Billy Joel? Okay, yeah. Let's get him on the phone. <laughs> Find out from him. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to mention it. Last topic of the day. Okay. This was, this was making the rounds. Michael Imperioli's home in New York. It is a very, very ornate home that was by my estimation, an advertisement for his wife's interior design services because she's an interior designer. Right. It does not look like any place I'd want to live, but it seems very befitting of his of his look. And my mom and I remarked on how small their kitchen was, which leads me to believe that they now don't cook because it's like a real New York kitchen. It's not big. Right. His wife also notes, Victoria, that the kitchen was mostly renovated when they moved in. So there was... They really like, don't no, touch it. Yeah. I think they just... They like they painted the cabinets or something, and uh-huh. they or they just added wallpaper. I don't know. Here's what I'm gonna say. I really like this. It's it's not what I would do with unlimited resources, but it and it does have like a certain uh, Vegas aspect to it. But sure. I mean that like in a positive way because I am in it. I've never been to Vegas. If I were to enjoy <laughs> Vegas, this is what I'd want it to look like. You know what I mean? Um, there's, yeah, there's, it, just, it, it looks like that opulence to the extraness. I think I think it's like the definition of baroque. There's like yes. n- nothing has ever been more baroque other than baroque music from like Handel. So <laughs> Handel, I don't know, it's just um I think so, Bach but I definitely know. was. Let's just assume yes. Okay. For my sake. I just thought it was interesting that people were commenting on it so much. I, I mean it yeah, it's it's a lot, but like what do you expect from Christopher Moltisanti? I mean, he's like also a great actor. You're not in the White Lotus hive, but he's like extremely underrated. He was excellent in season two. So I don't know. I, I'm into it. If it makes them happy, great. I think He's at got least also, it's a statement, you know? Great hair in this couple, both of them. They kind of have the same haircut and they both look great. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pro. That's my verdict. Pro with a gavel. <laughs> great stuff. Well, thank you to Jade Whaley for producing this episode. Thanks to and Bradley for Cooper. starting Emily in Paris. Yes. James Jade. Jade will have to report when she catches up. We'll be back next week and certainly in two weeks following the Super Bowl, which we hopefully will watch Bradley Cooper do something wacky in the stands. Have a great week, everybody. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.